So your groups, <clears throat> the Pharisees, where are the Pharisees? Oh, Pharisees, okay. Your little motto was, we love God the best, okay? We love God the best. Um, the disciples, you guys, yeah. Um, your, your little motto is, Jesus is Lord? It's got a question mark after it, because you're still working that out. Um, you guys, your motto is, champagne for everyone, <laughs> Okay, can we have a little practice of that? Three, two, one. Champagne for everyone. And then our disciples, Jesus is Lord. Good, excellent. Um, and our Pharisees, we love God the best. Oh, wow, you're amazing. And you, I th- actually think that might be true. Okay, so we're going to read the story again with your groups in mind. Um, your job during this little bit is to immerse yourself in the story and try and experience it from the perspective of the group that you got given, okay? So you guys need to take all the knowledge you have of Pharisees and apply that. If you don't know what a Pharisee is, that's A-OK. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry, Pharisees. If you don't know what a Pharisee is, that's A-OK. I'll give you a little bit of background later on. Not much, just a little. You guys, disciples, you're stuck in the middle. Um, you need to interpret the story through the lens of the disciples and pay attention to what's happening to them. You guys need to pay attention to being tax collectors. So the general lay of the land are, you guys, um, you don't get portrayed in a particularly good light in the Bible. You get a bit of a hard run. Um, But in actual fact, for the most part, um, you guys genuinely are trying to be as faithful as possible to God. You, you, you genuinely love God. You deeply love God. And you're waiting for the Messiah to come. Now, what you guys believe at the time is that the reason Messiah hasn't come yet is because all of Israel is still being disobedient and hasn't been good enough. So you have this idea that if you obey the law right up to the maximum and then a little bit more and do even better than the law, then God will send the Messiah. And it comes out of really, really good intentions, even though it doesn't always get outworked that well. You guys are the disciples. You are a mongrel bunch of who knows what's um, from all over the place. Some of you were tax collectors. Some of you were fishermen. Not many of you are very intelligent, evidently. Um, and you're, you're, you're following this figure um, and are trying to work out exactly what kind of prophet slash holy man this man is. Um, and he's doing some very strange things, which are very disturbing to you. So... You're stuck in the middle. You guys, um, you're in some ways the social elites, and in some ways you're the social down the bottoms. Um, These guys will never accept you um, as being a part of Israel, Uh, but the bonuses is that you still get to party a lot. And (laughs) yay. Um, But you're also sellouts to your people. You're tax collectors who are working working for the dirty Romans, and we spent all of Colossians talking about empire. You've sold out to empire and are grabbing money and land off other people and and giving it to the Romans. So when they see you, they're going to hiss and Probably quite rightly so. Righty ho. The questions I want you to ask during the, um, to keep in mind during this little bit here that you're going to discuss together in a minute are. Uh, Sam's still not here. He's disappeared. He's disappeared entirely. Oh, he is. He's back. Hey, Sam. He's going to operate some PowerPoint, aren't we fancy? Ta-da. Okay, uh, that one. Okay. What emotions are your group experiencing? 
and what parts of the story stand out to your group. So pay attention to the bits of the story that stand out to your group and the kind of emotions that might be evoked as the story plays out. All right. If you feel more comfortable, you can close your eyes. If not, you can, um, you can read along. Um, there we go. Mark 2, verse 13 to 17. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him, and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him. And Levi got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have come to call the righteous. Uh, sorry, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. All right, now a little sensory engagement. So you guys are the Pharisees. So this is, um, Ben actually bought this for me, so don't tell him that I'm giving it to you. I'm going to have to buy a bottle to replace it. Um, this is a uh, Pinot, Rosé, Rosé, Pinot um, Noir Rosé. Um, just dangerous microphone things. Uh, it's made by a guy called Anton von Klopper, who's one of my favorite Australian natural winemakers, um, and it's Adelaide Hills Pinot, and it's absolutely delightful. It's really, really yummy. And this is um, really cheap um, sparkling grape juice in a fancy bottle. Okay, and I need a grape juice distributor. Maybe Stuart Elith, you look like a likely. Um, so, wine? Who would like wine and who would like grape juice? Wine people can raise your glasses. Uh, Stu, you're not having any more wine. That's, that's your limit. Don't start drinking it quite yet. Pleasure. Oh, you're going back for more. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a party. Okay, it is a party, yes. Wine people. And Stu, you can run around with the uh, grape juice bottle. There's no carb-friendly option this morning, I'm afraid. This is minimal sulfite, so you're not going to get a hangover, even from your sort of 10 mils. It is alcoholic. No, um, there's grape juice for the non-alcoholics, although it might have been in Peter Monty's for long enough for it to have turned. Any more wine or grape juice? Yeah, cool. Is there a spare glass? I might join the um, tax collectors. Better tell Ben I tried this. How are you guys feeling over there? No, you're not, no. Yeah, yeah, but you're not in my story. Well noted. It was a scribal error. Um, All right, you guys... You guys are eating and drinking. You can, let's have a little cheers and a little champagne for everyone, <laughs> except for you guys. Oh, cheers. 
Oh, that is, oh, champagne, champagne. Okay. Mmm, that is really yummy. Okay, um, you guys, you'll get to eat and drink soon as well. You guys are stuck in the middle. So um, you can open your envelope. Disciples. <laughs> now again, this is not the same as being there. And it's, it's an attempt at immersing ourselves in the emotional situation of the group. Do you, would you like to read? Do you mind reading, Claire? Dear Fitzroy North Community Church, I'm writing this letter because I am extremely concerned with the lackness, or laxness of your congregation and the kind of people you've been associating with. I am disgusted to hear that you have no discernible standards and certainly don't act like you love God. I've even heard that some of your groups have been drinking at pubs completely indistinguishable from those there getting drunk. Don't you think you've blurred the lines enough already? Be warned. God's judgment is coming. Where will he find you? What will you do about this? Concerned brother. <laughs> Okie dokie. Um... <coughs> Disciples stuck in the middle. Pharisees, you also get to have a drink. We need someone, a, a, a member from each uh, table to grab the glass that you got given. You can choose who. Preferably someone who's drunk a little bit of water lately. Okay, okay. So I'd like each person with a glass to get the biggest spit they can find. And to spit into the cup. So conjure up as much spit as you can. Just one person. As much spit as you can. Yeah, good. You can have a few goes at it if you like. Yeah, dribble it down the side. Try and conjure some. You can use your children's spit as well if you don't have enough spit of your own. Have you, has every, every group got some spit in their cup? Yeah, Jackson, it's, a, it's an all right amount. Simon, can I see your spit, please? It's quite yellow. Very chesty. Excellent. Very chesty. Excellent. Okie dokie. Now I need you to drink that spit. Please. Have a good look at it. Would have cooled down. How are you going there? Peter, we run a very strong hierarchical system here. We demand obedience in all things. Good. Excellent. Oh, knock that back. Wonderful. Simon, his is too chunky and he can't get it down. Yeah. Excellent. So the reason I've got the Pharisees to drink of that is because it activates something called the disgust mechanism. A disgust mechanism is a boundary mechanism within our psychology that stops us from imbibing things that will harm us. Um, There's been a bunch of research done that links the disgust mechanism from our bodily sense into our sociality. That um, they've done it, I'll I'll um, give you a link to a fascinating book later 
on this stuff, but they've, um, they've done a whole bunch of experiments which, um, sh- which show that the way that we interact and engage with people that we consider others triggers a very, same, sim- very similar state of emotion an- emotional anxiety um, as to when we try and imbibe things that we think that are foreign bodies to us and that we think might be poisonous. Um, they've done experiments where they show... Um, um, like flashcards and stuff of um, people that others despise, and the same facial muscle, muscles retract um, as when people are invited to do things like this. I've done a whole bunch of other experiments on, on it as well. Um, but for you guys, what I want you to feel is a sense of disgust. Um, we too easily wash over Bible stories and don't engage with the true depth of emotion in them. But for the Pharisees, the idea mixing, of mixing with unclean people wasn't just um, some kind of like very clinical, detached um, no-no. It was a deeply embedded, very, there would have been very physical reactions to the idea of contaminating yourself by mixing with other people. So I want you to think about that at your table as you think about these people over here. You would have rather have drunk your spit than have had wine with these people. Some of you look like that's possibly true. Okay, cool. So hold, hold, hold those questions and hold your, um, hold your senses, what you've just been immersed in, and we'll read the story again. The questions, of course, were, um, what emotions are your group experiencing and what parts of the story stand out? Let's read. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. He's been very busy this morning. A large crowd came to him, and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him. And Levi got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the, disciple, when, the, sorry, when the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. So I just want you to have a little chat at your tables, if you can. And I want you to ask the question, what emotions are your group experiencing during this? And what parts of the story stand out particularly to you? What, what emotional reactions are you having or are your group in the story having? And what parts of the story um, particularly stand out for your group? Go. You've got like three minutes.
cool. Hokey tokey. <laughs> so amongst you, um, be aware that a range of emotions is fine. Um, there's not one correct answer for this. Let's start with the disciples. Does anyone from the disciples group want to share their reflections? We all want to hear Harriet's voice. <laughs> so um, we were thinking, especially based on this letter, I guess two main things. One was we'd be feeling doubt and confusion and, you know, we're, we're trying to follow Jesus. We keep seeing all this weird stuff. And then we feel judged. We're in that question there. We would feel really judged. That question is not really just directed at them. It's also directed at us. Like, why are you also doing this? And um, you made a really good point about, actually, we don't, re- we don't even answer that question. So that question comes to us, but we're so unsure and doubtful and unclear that actually Jesus has to, be, has to step in and answer that. So we want to follow him, but it just feels really uncomfortable. And, you know, clearly they don't like us very much. Boo. Um, does your group want to add anything to that? No? Pretty, pretty good summation? Cool, cool. Um, Pharisees, spit drinkers, um, the disgusted ones. Would anyone like to share emotions or parts of the story that stand out? <laughs> you got chosen. Do you mind being chosen? You don't have to. Okay. Okay, sure. Um, so we were just talking about... Um, yeah, the absolute disgust that we felt that anyone would want to associate with these people. And then also how um, we were good the whole time, and yet these people were getting to live it up. And what gives? Awesome. Any more Pharisees want to add to that? Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, I was just wanted to say, um, so I, I, what stuck out for me was why does... They asked the question, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? Like, I, I wondered, was that a, from genuine curiosity or was it accusatory or... Um, yeah. Really good question. We're kind of thinking, not just feeling disgust, but also feeling a bit let down. Like, looking at, it's like, isn't this guy a holy guy? Like, isn't he, isn't he with us and he's hanging out with them? Good. Yeah, awesome. Right, all right. Boozers. Filthy swine. Anyone? Yeah, cool. Well, some of us were too pissed to care, and the others were sort of, I felt a little bit angry and offended by what comments were made. Yep, good, good. Anyone want want to add to the spectrum of emotions? Yeah. I thought... I thought maybe at first you'd feel quite... um, Some of them might have felt quite surprised and confused as to why they were included with Jesus. But then once you get sort of a lot of them there and the mass mentality, then there could have been like you started to forget that kind of feeling of belonging and just going, sucks to be the Pharisees then because look who we chose. And so you might, you know, that kind of... Cool. Any other comments into the mix? We're happy. Okay, cool, cool. Um, oh, hello. I'm sorry. Amy told me I should say something at the last minute. It wasn't just you. 
Um, we, we talked about how uh, maybe it was like um, they wanted the celebrity of Jesus. So it was like a big show business party where everyone was as, as glitter, glittery as possible and Jesus was like the prize, the, the glitteriest one. And it was, they were cool just by association with hanging out with him. Um, yeah, and then we said we could hear the Pharisees and we thought they were dicks. <laughs> <laughs> they were all men. Um, so you, you're beginning to sense like the, even for like kind of Jesus' place in this, the, the muddiness and compromise that runs through the middle of the story. Um, all right, next, next set of questions, and last set, last, last set of questions. Um, how is your group surprised? How does this challenge your group's view of God? And what might this ask of your group? How is your group surprised? How does this challenge your group's view of God? And what might this ask of your group? Now, again, avoid singular lines here. There's going to be like a lot of, a, a big spread of answers even within your groups to the possibilities to these questions. So don't just give up on one final answer. How is your group surprised? How does this challenge your group's view of God? And what, what might this ask of your group? You've got a couple of minutes to chat that over.
Do we have any do we have any nurses or, and or doctors here? Or is everyone away? Even a student nurse is fine. Oh, Donna's a nurse. Oh, dental nurse. Oh, that might be needed. Yeah, we had a, we had a little fall, quite a bloody little fall. Oh, poor darling. Thank you, team. All righties. Um, okay, cool, cool. How is your group surprised? How does this challenge your group's view of God? And what might this ask of your group? Uh, would anyone want to um, respond to any of those from your group discussions? Let's start with the tax collectors and other sinners. This group over here hasn't said anything, so they're on. Anyone from your group want to share? You don't have to, but you kind of do because I'm standing right here. Yeah, go on. We were talking about the fact that um, we've got such a bad reputation and, and everyone hates us and that sort of stuff. And so the surprise, you know, might be that that God, or that Jesus, you know, wants to hang with us and, and what that means and what what is our response um, to that. Does it mean that we can still do our jobs um, or can we do it do them honestly? Yeah, it was more around what, what does that mean for us in our jobs and what, yeah what response we have. Yeah, that's a, re- that's a really good leap to make of the, okay, if we're in now, then does that, what, does that, what does that change and does that ask something of us? That's, yeah, that's excellent. Any other group want to, from the, this crew? Yeah, go on. Um, we were sort of thinking that maybe the tax collectors would have seen Jesus as a Pharisee prior to their interactions with him because he was a respected, like, sort of Jewish, like, teacher. And so that would be really confronting to have someone from this group that you've always been ostracized from, who you really don't like, actually engaging with you and treating you as a person. Yeah, very confronting. I kind of wonder, like, you know, when you've got this big group, like, if you say bankers, what they, how they view God, like, not every banker or every tax collector is going to have the same kind of view. It's a little bit like, how do you figure out what their view is of God? Like, it could be a number of things. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And the, the, that's a really important part of this exercise is that what we're trying to do here is one of the terrible things that <laughs> children's church does to us. Um, <laughs> well, for mo- the mo- most of the models that m- a lot of us grew up with children's church in, is that every story can be reduced down to a single line point. And, and what, what the goal of that approach is, is to minimize stories down to the didactic one-line answer that, um, and, and what it does is it reduces the tension of the story. But what we need to do is re-engage with the tension of the story and live in the tension of the story because this is still, see you guys, sorry about our cheers. Um, it, it, is that there's still tension in the story. It's not, it's not resolved. It's not clean cut. It doesn't fix everything for us. It asks more questions of us. It actually threatens to put us in equally compromising places on all angles. Um, and it's not a necessarily a, um, an answer-like solution to anything. It's a direction that we should walk in. And I think it's really important in this that we don't minimize the tensions and that we don't um, 
kind of homogenize every group into one experience because there's individuals within that, as Anna said, that will experience this really, really differently. This crew here, disciples, do you have anything to... Okay, cool. I think from, for our group, there'd be people that came with different expectations around who Jesus or who the Messiah would be. And so if you thought that he was going to be a unifying ruler that would overthrow the Roman Empire and is spending a lot of time, I guess, introducing really subversive kinds of um, ideas within Judaism and and the groups within the Jewish community, then that's going to be a big surprise as to everything that you thought the Messiah was. We we talked about the idea that... um, God that we might think is there, it might not be the God that actually is there. And that as a group, you know, we get challenged, might get challenged all the time about um, when we, whenever we think we've got it or we've got the answer or this is how it is or this is how it should be, God's going to come in and intervene in a different way and in a way that doesn't make sense to us and confuses us and, and we've got to be open to that and allow God to be in the spaces he wants to be when he wants to be and yeah so I thought that was one and Fleur had a great comment (laughs) that's great (laughs) Um, I just said that at the end when the uh, the Pharisees ask the question and Jesus responds and he says that he's come for the sick not the well he never actually says who the sick people are So they assume that these guys are the sick people, but actually what he's saying is I'm here for everybody and you're in that group as much as anybody else. Yeah. Very good, very, very good point. Cool, let's crew over here. Um, anything to add from the... Yeah, right. Thank you. Um, just on that same vein, like we were saying, well, if he's saying that he is here for the unhealthy, then what are we? We're like, well, we think that we're healthy, so what do you have to offer us now? When, But then just saying that, it was like, okay, so he's trying to say, actually, I'm here for everybody, but we're not going to associate as the unhealthy, so how is that going to reach us? Because I don't feel like, as a Pharisee, we'll ever say, okay, I'm unhealthy. It just wouldn't happen. It's harder for a camel to get through the eye of a needle. Hmm. Any more additions from this crew? Great. Um, Cool. I'm going to wrap up with what Bruce was talking about, about... um, Staying open to God surprising us. And as a community, constantly being open to God surprising us. No one expected Jesus to come as Jesus did. And the danger of kind of being post-New Testament canon is that we now think that we can wrap Jesus up into a box that we understand. But I don't think we can. I think we need to keep allowing the otherness and the mystery of God to surprise us, to actually enter into that, to not read stories like this 
in an effort to resolve every tension, but to actually open them up to the tensions that we live in, to ask questions about what happens when tax collectors meet Jesus? What responses are necessary and required? What happens when we're caught in the middle and in compromising situations where we really don't know what best represents God in the middle of this? As much as we'd like him to be, God isn't like us. And as a community, I'd love, us, I'd love to invite us to keep being open to the surprise of who God might be and where he might show up and what he might ask of us. And then we continue to keep seeking Jesus beyond the tidy answers and being open to the otherness of God. So we're going to eat and drink communion together now. And in the spirit of celebration, um, we're going to cheers our communion glasses once your cracker is broken. You may eat and drink together. That's fine. I've got spears. Cheers to the mystery of God. Jesus, we're well aware that when we swallow our own saliva, it's saliva. But as soon as we leave, it leaves our body, it becomes spit, it becomes foreign and other. And even though it was a part of us, it somehow becomes disgusting. Jesus, we are aware that you are other we're all spit to you. But in the incarnation, you became human and embraced us and invited us into your community. It was a mystery that we were never ready for, but we are so, so grateful to receive. For all of us, let us keep asking questions about what it is to embrace the other. Let us ask questions about what it is to let you remain a mystery even as we try and know you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, if you can, at the end, um, take your communion glasses over that way. That would really, really help us because we would all love to go to the park before three o'clock this afternoon. So any help would be much appreciated. And in a spirit of generosity, the um, remaining um, rosé, Sparkling Rosé is going to go to the Pharisees and disciples, so um, any of you who would like to drink some um, can come and squabble over it shortly, and the really crappy grape juice is yours as well, as a gift from the evil tax collectors. Thank you, evil tax collectors. Um, go in peace. Go in peace.